It is good to be with you today and to, to see you in your best, to see um, our handbells and our choir preparing their best, and it is a gift to share all of this uh, time and worship with you this morning. This morning we're going to share in the Easter story as Luke records it. You may remember more how John records it. One of our Sunday school classes this morning studied how Mark recorded it. And probably as we all remember the story, what we remember is some sort of stew or combination of all of them mixed together. But this morning we're going to share from Luke's Gospel. It's from chapter 24 and it's verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while you were still in Galilee that the Son of Man would be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other woman with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an, an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb and, and stooping in and looking he saw the linen clothes by themselves, and then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What did you find? Sometimes you find nothing, and that's the best thing you can possibly find. The problem with Easter, there's only one real problem, and it's not your problem, it's mine. The problem is it's the story. When we baptize folks, we say, what is your confession of faith? And you say, Jesus is Lord. And that's it. We baptize you, and you're sent out into the world. You've said all that you need to say. On Easter Sunday, though I have a couple of pages prepared, really what all we could say was, he is risen indeed. And go have the ham. And we could be done. Easter is the story. And every other story is just a little bit like it. Redemption stories. Rebirth stories. New hope stories. Miracle stories. They're, they're stories in our life that we experience that are a little bit like that one big story. That miracle story. So the little stories, the little things I'll say this morning are only merely gestures towards this one big story that we know and that we continue to come to know. 
hopefully now and forevermore. Now speaking of stories, we all have our our favorites. And one of my favorites is that film from 1997, Good Will Hunting. I trust most of you have seen it. It's 21 or 22 years old at this point. And if you haven't seen it, I won't be here long, so don't worry about it. But, but there's a pivotal scene where Will, a really smart, genius mathematician who is young and working construction, is having a talk with his buddy Chucky, who is a street-smart kid from South Boston. And Chucky says to Will, Every day I come by and I pick you up. We go out, we have a few laughs, and it's great. But, but you know what the best part of my day is, Chucky says? Chucky says, the best part of my day is for about 10 seconds from when I get out of my car to when I knock on your door. Because I think maybe, maybe I'll get there and I'll knock on the door and you won't be there. No goodbye, no see you later, no nothing else. You just left. I don't know much, but I know that. You see, Chucky sees that Will has a gift. He's got a brain for math that Chucky could only dream of having. And he doesn't want to see his buddy waste it working construction when he could use it doing something else. Chucky's going to work construction the rest of his life, and he's fine with that. There's plenty of dignity in who Chucky is and, and what he's doing. But, but Chucky hopes for something better for, from his friend. Chucky hopes that what he'll look and find is something bigger than he could dream of for himself. And that means when you look in and you don't find what you expected, the story is really just beginning. Now, in this Gospel of Luke that we read this morning, Luke tells lots of stories about finding things. There are several stories that, that everybody just knows. Not, not just the Christians, not just the ones who were in Sunday school all the time, but everybody knows the story of the prodigal son. A son who was lost and came back and was found. We probably remember the stories of the lost coin and the lost sheep, stories that remind us of how much God loves us and stories that bring about celebration when we find the thing that it is we've been looking for. And in a way, the entire story of God's people, the whole story of this book is a story of people wandering and wondering and moving about and then coming back and celebrating when God finds them. Except for this story today. In this story today, in contrast to the parables, in contrast to finding the promised land, in contrast to God bringing us back, what we find today is that resurrection twists things a little bit. Because the good news is not finding that which is lost. The good news is in finding something beyond our expectations beyond what we thought was possible. If you think back to that Sunday morning of Passover week or Holy Week and you try to get in the, in the shoes or the sandals 
of the folks who lived it, by the time they got to Sunday morning, they had had a dinner on Thursday night, a terrible Friday, a Saturday they were, where they were stuck. They couldn't do anything. And I suspect that by Sunday morning, if they were anything like you and me, after someone had been dead for 36 hours, it's time to just get on with what we need to get on with. They were ready to get into the process of grief. They were ready to prepare for the funeral. They were ready to just go into that mode you go into when you know how things are going to go. And so they had the spices prepared. Everything was ready. They walk up to a tomb and the stone is already rolled away, but maybe that wasn't even unusual. They were ready to care for the body of their beloved friend, rabbi, teacher, Jesus. And that's not what they find. They found nothing. The body's gone. The remains of Jesus are nowhere to be found. And, and somehow, though they didn't quite know it yet, it didn't take long till this news of finding the wrong thing became news of finding the best thing. They did find something there. They, the, the linens were there. And they found these two men, and let's just call them angels because that's probably how we picture them, right? And these angels are interesting because the angels don't tell them anything new. They only point them back to what it is they should have already known and should have remembered, which was, don't you remember Jesus had foreshadowed this? Don't you remember when he hinted at those things? You know, he kind of told you something might happen. They point the women back onto the path that they needed to be on. And in that moment, everything changed. A message that had been veiled was now clear. And the idea that he would save them and give them new life by dying and being rose again was initially something so far beyond what they could have imagined that they couldn't see it. So they got the spices ready. They figured they'd have to deal with a body. And then when they got it, when they got it, they went and told the disciples, the men, and you know, to them it just seemed like an idle tale. They couldn't believe what it was they had heard. So Peter gets up and he goes for himself and he too finds nothing but some linens and he walks away amazed. He walks away with what can only be described as a sparkle of hope that something bigger was about to happen. That something better and beyond what they could imagine was coming. Something else was going to be around the corner the story wasn't over. It was just starting to begin. And in a matter of hours, in a matter of hours after the unimaginable was revealed, if you just keep 
going along in the story that Luke tells, you see that Jesus starts to show up. He shows up along the road. He shows up beside the sea. He shows up behind locked doors in a room and then does that again a week later. Jesus appears to the disciples in different places and at different times, delivering on their hope and showing that the story of God's love and God's presence wasn't ending with the crucifixion. It was only just beginning. And today's the day it all gets started. Because what did they find? They found that God loved us more than we could have imagined. It's funny though, in those first few moments, like a lot of things in life, they missed the significance of it right in the moment. They, they knew something was significant, but, but did they have it all together? When you walked through those waters of baptism and said, Jesus is Lord, did you know all that was coming? No, no. No, it's funny. In, in life, the things that are most really significant are like those gifts that keep on giving. We know something is important when we first experience it, but, but to really know the significance takes much, much, much longer. Of course we know that Easter is the day that marks that first significance, but the Christian faith grows in its, in its significance, not because resurrection happened once, but, but, but because we keep celebrating and keep learning and keep growing in the resurrection. Every week the Lord's Church gathers on Sunday to celebrate what some theologians call a little Easter. The church gathers on Sunday for worship and fellowship not because of the blue laws who give us free space to do it. No, but because on this day Jesus rose from the grave and each time we come back to learn more about what that means. Sunday was the day it all began, which is why Sunday is the first day of our week. But on that first Sunday, they didn't have it all together. It wasn't really a Sunday fun day even. It was... Is more of just, wait, what's happening? I don't know what it is, but it's good. And on that Easter day, and on any Easter day, and on any day when we can't believe what happens, when life comes at us fast, when we don't believe what we just saw, what we realize is it takes more than a minute to absorb all of the impact of what this day is. At this point, on that first Easter Sunday, a few hours in, all they knew was that the story had another chapter to it. All they knew was that they needed to come back for more. And when you know that the story is just beginning, and when you know that there's more to learn and experience and understand, the reality is you've got to keep searching, you've got to keep working. You've got to keep submitting yourself to figure out why was that tomb empty? And what does it mean? 
And next week we find out that it means that Jesus is revealed when the bread is broken. Days later we'll find out that it means peace. And and in Luke's story, as it keeps going in the book of Acts, we find out that the power and the significance of the resurrection come into focus as Jesus ascends into heaven to be at the right hand of the Father. And the Holy Spirit comes down on the church and remains with us even still today. And what it means is we don't just get up and walk away amazed like Peter did that day. It means we get up and we walk away amazed like Peter did and then we keep seeking insight and understanding to to discern what it is that God is doing, how it is that God loves us, and how it is that when God is not right where we expect Him to be, that might be the best place for God to be. You know, I I opened the sermon with a little story from Goodwill Hunting. I told the story because for some, that, that instance of going back to that scene from that film might give you the tiniest glimpse of hope that could happen. The tiniest glimpse into to what it might have been like for those women. It's not a big glimpse, but just a little one like, wait, it's empty? As Chucky walks away from Will's door on that morning when he had gone away to see about his gift and a girl, maybe that's a little bit of the feeling that we could and should have on Easter Sunday morning. Maybe it reveals to us that even though there's no story that's as good as this story, there are little instances that can give us a glimpse into what it must have felt like to know that the story was just beginning. There is no better equivalent. There there is no better story or illustration or allegory or metaphor than he is risen indeed. And the point of fact is, every scripture that's in this whole story, and every scripture that the church, every story that the church has experienced for some 2,000 years, makes sense because of this one story. But to understand its power, to understand Easter's significance, we keep reading. We keep looking, we keep studying and worshiping and serving and fellowshipping and, and seeking understanding so that this story doesn't just bless us on one Sunday of the year, but it blesses every day of our life. Because this story is just beginning. And where it leads in your life and mine, we don't quite know. But we know that resurrection happens. We know that crucifixion is not the end. And we know that if we're ready, God will continue to work in your heart and mine. The story is the most powerful of stories. And it's the one that makes all the difference in the world. And so this morning, look inside and see what did you find? I hope you peered into the grave on Easter Sunday morning and found nothing. 
and realize that in finding nothing there, you found the best thing you could possibly find. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we thank you for this day, this Easter day, and we thank you for the reality that the story is just beginning. That the empty tomb means that your work is, is ongoing and still going and just getting going for us. And so, Lord, we pray that in this day we would sense your presence, we would sense your love, and we would get a glimpse of the resurrection so that in each day that lies ahead, we might come to know your love more. We might come to sense the power of your resurrection in a, in a, in a deeper way. And we might be able to express that love to others in a way that makes all the difference in the world. Not just for them, but for us also. Loving God, thank you for this Easter story. Thank you that when we don't find what we expect, sometimes that's the best thing we could imagine. And thank you for meeting us here today. And it is in your name, your resurrected name, that we pray today. Amen.